Iowa everywhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from the Channel Seed Studios, Channel Studios. this is Jared and Jabo and Iowa, Iowa Everywhere. everywhere. Jared, Jared, Stansberry, Jared Stansberry, Jordan Bohannon, Jordan Bohannon. together on Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed, seedsmanship at work. Welcome to the podcast. Holding in the Channel Seed Studios. Uh, today the Channel Seed Studios are in Dallas, Texas. I'm down here for... Uh, for Big 12 football media days, uh, what's going on, Jordan? Not much. I always laugh when we when we are like remotely doing this, and we say, and you're away, and you say Channel Seed Studios, and we're just you're just in the middle of a hotel room in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> hey, the Channel Seed Studios are are mobile. You yep. know, they yep. they can come from anywhere. Yes, sir. Yep. Yep. Shout out to uh, shout out to Channel Seed, uh, the presenting sponsor of us here on uh, on Iowa everywhere. Um, we got plenty to hop into on today's podcast. Uh, Bob Huggins says he's still the head coach at West Virginia. Northwestern has fired Pat Fitzgerald for hazing activities. I've got a good story for you uh, about an Iowa man uh, completing an incredible athletic feat down in Florida uh, last weekend. And then uh, the NCAA has approved new changes to uh, its gambling rules, uh, which I think is is something important. Obviously, we haven't recorded in two weeks, so we've got quite a bit of stuff to react to. Uh, let's start with uh, let's start with Pat Fitzgerald, fired uh, on on Monday after an investigation into hazing activity inside of the football program. You know, by now, I'm sure most people have either read the story, have they know the story, uh, some pretty messed up stuff was uh, allegedly going on. Um, Northwestern handled this as horribly as they possibly could have by trying to, to do it as a uh, Friday at 5 p.m. news dump, uh, hoping that everybody would forget over the weekend. Uh, rather, and re- rather than just releasing the full report, they suspended him for two weeks. Uh, the, the, what essentially amounts to a whistleblower, uh, the complainant who had, had been a, an anonymous person, uh, they spoke to the student newspaper at Northwestern, and now uh, Pat Fitzgerald has been fired. Uh, you're, on the surface, your first thoughts just on on this story and uh, and on Pat Fitzgerald's firing. Well, you and our listeners already know where I'm going to go about with this. I'm sure people that listen to our podcast know my per- perspective coming from being an athlete advocate for all these years. And we, we heavily talk about this every single episode. And there's always something going on for this to root back to what I talk, I always talk about and 
there's just not enough enforcement. There's not enough standards. There's not enough um, rules around how coaches are handling and, and working with the players. Every single episode, I feel like there's been a new instance of a coach messing up or doing something wrong. We're going to have another another segment on this show talking about the same thing. It's just a shame. I don't know what's more of a shame, how Northwestern's handling it, how Pat Fitzgerald, Pat, Pat Fitzgerald had handled it with his players and all the things he did, or how the NCAA continues to oversee all these chaos, this, this chaos that's occurring in the NCAA. And I always fall back on NCA because they're the they're the top dog. They're the one overseeing everything. There needs to be some sort of health safety protocols that are going on to protect these athletes. And the only way for this to be okay or for this to continue to get better is employment status. There has to be some sort of way for this to be all regulated for them to understand that these athletes are in a job. They're doing things for they're doing their time commitment is a job and they are deserving employment status at any point. I don't, I don't know what more can happen, Jared, for them to realize that something needs to be done. I really don't because, okay, they're firing this coach, but really what other things are going to be done? The kids are going to move on with their lives. They're going to keep playing football, whether it's at Northwestern or somewhere else. There's nothing else that's going to happen. It's just going to be a Charles going to get another job. Yeah, Pat, he's going to get another job, and they're going to move on with their life. Same thing's going to happen a couple years down the road with some other coach. And it's going to keep happening and keep happening. And at some point, there needs to be an end to all this. And it's a shame because I always I always protect the athletes. I want I want to be on their side. And this doesn't this – doesn't, prove anyway any way shape or form what the NCAA has been doing has been the right thing for all these for hundreds of years yeah and I just I think that as much as anything this comes down to Northwestern having their players backs and I don't feel like they had their players backs when they announced that they suspended him you know because that just was it was a chicken shit way of going about your business. You know, they knew that Pat Fitzgerald was a really powerful person at Northwestern. He was Northwestern football. Like, let's keep it, keep it real, you know? And they knew that, okay, it's going to be a really hard swing to be able to fire this guy. We just got to try and sweep this under the rug as best we can. And that's where it's like, when you do that, you open the door for the person who was obviously the complainant, you open the door for them to be able to take the floor and you don't have any room to be able to rebut what they say, you know, because let's be honest, this story comes down to matters of perspective. Like these things that were allegedly happening to some people might not have been weird. You know, to me, the things that are detailed in those stories are really fucking weird. Like, I'm not going to lie. There's a really fine line between guys being dudes and guys being fucking weirdos. And this one really 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 crosses that line and uh but at the same time there still could be people that are like oh this is just normal this is just how things go and all this kind of stuff and it takes someone to stand up and be like yeah this is not this is not chill you know like this is not a cool thing that like a team should be doing and uh that's where i give props to this person to be able to stand up and be like yeah i'm not gonna watch this shit go on anymore because you know 
for it to have elevated to the point that it has at this point, it has to have been going on for a long time and has had to have kind of been where it just like is a constant cycle of like of it progressing and getting worse and worse and worse and worse until someone finally does something about it. My question to you is if even if Pat Fitzgerald you know, claims he didn't know that this stuff was happening, how much responsibility to you do you think there is that he should know that something like this is happening inside of his program, knowing that this guy's making millions of dollars, knowing this guy is the head coach of the football team, knowing he's the CEO, the CEO of the company, you know, how much responsibility do you feel he has to be the guy that's like, that stands up and is like, I'm not going to watch this shit happen in my program. Well, it's a great majority percentage. It has to be because like you said, he's pretty much the CEO of his football program. And I don't believe for a second, Jared, that he didn't know what was going on. I, I've been in lock. I've been in locker rooms. I know how much coaches are around players. They know what's going on in their team. I don't care how oblivious they may seem. Every time they say no, if they get asked about if they knew what was going on, they know what's going on. They're walking in and out of locker rooms nonstop. They're talking with players. They see things. They know what's going on. I don't. I don't care what they say. It does not matter to me. And they're making all this money, millions of dollars. They should be they should be obligated to do something about it right away or have some sort of rules or have some sort of laws even for them to be saying something. I don't even think other than the hazing provision in, in the NCAA uh, student handbook, I don't even think there's like a, a law set in stone to like there is in the industry of just working. And, and companies like if someone is uh doing something damaging towards the company there's going to be a complaint and then there can be you know some sort of um, hr process and exactly yeah. yeah there's some sort of that way but other than the hazing provision it's pretty easy to get around that in the nca right like you can just be oblivious you can you'll okay you might resign you might get fired you move on to your next job okay big big deal same thing happens over and over again, like we were just talking about earlier. But there's really nothing to be set in stone by the NCAA for this to really be a matter of of uh, something they should do right away. Like, okay, it'll just breeze over. Let's just hope a player won't say anything because they probably won't. This is just the lifestyle of a locker room. But I don't know, man. I, I think it is it is very fucking weird. I, I, I've been in locker rooms. I, I know what people are talking about. It's fucking weird. No one does that. Yeah. No one. And if it and if it happens, someone would have said something right away. I'm glad. Shout out to that guy that said something right away. And from my I feel like from my my perspective, Jared, I think he might have been possibly restrained by the University of Northwestern because of how everything was handled by the university. But I hope that's not the case. So do you feel like there is a there's room for the NCAA to come and investigate these kinds of things then? Like, is this something that they should regulate, you think, in the future? That it's like, because I, I think if you could have a third party that is theoretically neutral in this, you know, like, you know, that's why I feel like when Northwestern does an investigation, Northwestern is going to try everything they can to not find anything, obviously, you know. They interviewed 50 people allegedly for this uh, for this investigation that they did and only put out an, an executive summary that gave 
quite literally no details whatsoever, basically, uh, you know, came to the conclusion that they thought that the hazing was going on, but they didn't think that the coaches knew about it. Uh, but they didn't give any of the other report, any of the other information, any of those kinds of things. That to me is where it's like, if you were, if you have the NCAA and you have a strong enforcement staff and things like that, they can come in and investigate those things. And you can feel more confident that with them being a, th a neutral third party, you're going to get what the truth is going to come out at the end of the day. It, if it's in it and it, if it needs to, especially, you know, and this feels like one of those scenarios where the truth needed to come out in order to get the program back to the point that it, you know, that those people at Northwestern really want it to be. I mean, they've won four games in the last two years. They won their season opener last year and then lost 11 straight games. Yeah. I, I, I think there's two things here. One, as far as, as a, as NCAA investigating, yes, they're, they should be obligated to, like they say they're going to, just like with all the cheating scandal that was going on a couple years ago. Okay. We put two assistant coaches in jail, but really what did they, do they necessarily do anything for them to get fired from the university? Some of these guys, like, yes, there are some laws broken by those two coaches that went to prison, but, I mean, what are we talking about here in the, on the broader scale of crimes that have been dealt with in, in NCA's hands? Like they they pick and choose what they want to enforce. They've always done that from the day one. They will decide, like, how are we going to make it uh, uh, known for these universities not to do this again? And they're going to pick and choose. And, you know, you know damn well there's other schools out there that are making a lot of money for the NCA that they have – turn their head right away because they don't want to, they don't want to mess with them because that's going to ruin their pockets. So, I mean, that's one, but two is they have enough resources to do that, but it goes along with another thing I want to say is there can also be another third party investigation, not even do with NCA and NCA has the ability to pay that with their resources. They get every single year with revenue. It's pretty you think about the administrators in the NCA and the board of governors, like how much money they're making. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Like Mark Emmer, he made a lot of money. New president coming in, he's making a lot of money. There's enough resources for them to figure out a way to come in and investigate situations. And well, I would think theoretically it would save these institutions money too, because as a member of the NCAA at that point, you say, okay, we think we have this kind of thing that's going on. We need to call in the enforcement staff and get to the bottom of this, you know, and you don't have to pay them as much as you'd have to pay some law firm to that's going to come in and do an investigation that's going to cost multiple hundreds of thousands or, or millions of dollars, you know, just for some random law firm that probably, you know, probably a bunch of Northwestern grads who are going to come in and, and try and uh, again, like, Northwestern didn't want to find anything here. If they wanted to find something here, then it probably would have been found a long time ago, you know, because yeah. with as long as this has allegedly been going on. Yeah. And I, I, I can't remember the situation we there that was going on. There's been so many. I mean, this is a perfect example of what we're talking about. I don't, I don't even remember what the situation was. We were talking about in the winter when there's this coach that came out and anonymously in a, uh, in a newspaper report and I forgot what I can't remember what the article was, but it was an article written about investigations that the NCAA 
go about how they enforce and they're like well we're just not going to have the our universities report anything because that's the only way the ncaa is going to enforce anything that our university will just hide it like there was a college coach that literally just flat out said that in the newspaper so i mean that, that's proof right there that the universities a lot of them are just hiding stuff like yeah. they don't they don't want the ncaa investigating and ncaa investigates that's another layer that okay well do we really want to investigate this how how is this going to affect us? Like that's that's I feel like that's their first question every time, Jared. How is this going to affect us on both the university part and the NCA part? It doesn't matter what how big of a crime it is. And there's never a conversation of how is this going to impact our kids. Exactly. Exactly. Because I mean, think right now, how does that team get ready for their football season right now? After how, how, yeah, how do you even play? How how does that university play after what's going on? Yeah. And there's no repercut like there's nothing I, I bet they're gonna do okay, they're gonna have a couple counselors come in and they'll talk with a couple players, have them ready for the season. But other than that, I don't see them doing anything else to protect Northwestern furtherly, to protect these players more. Like they're gonna do the same thing they've been doing, but they're just gonna have an extra couple protections. What do you think when when the players come out and they support Pat Fitzgerald, what's the – that's a fine line there now, you know, because you want to – like, again, we, we're having this whole conversation. You want to do what's right for the players. But if the players think that that guy's the guy that's their head coach, then how do you weigh that, you know? Yeah. I don't – has that happened? I haven't been really – Yeah, yeah, they put out a – well – That has happened? It, it was a letter signed as the whole football team but they put it out like in three hours and I find it hard to believe that they got 150 guys or whatever to agree to the wording of this letter that had appeared to have been written by a lawyer, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I would have to read in more to speak on that behalf because I haven't read that letter, but I don't know. I think anytime there's an athlete that comes out and says there's something going on that's wrong. And I mean, for my perspective i don't know how many athletes have what's the exact number is it just one that or is there multiple that have come out well yeah there's been more that have come out yeah. since then yeah. yeah which is what i thought so when there's multiple athletes here that are coming out on the team more than likely there's something going on especially like something this specific right like there's some stuff that come out from multiple players that are like okay there's really nothing here but this is something that's kind of really very specific and stuff that's really, really weird. And really graphic, like really yes. detailed, you know, like this does not just seem like something that he just like came up with off the top of his head. You know, it was pretty clearly that it was pretty clear that this is like, man, if this is made up, then it's pretty well thought out because it's very detailed, you know, Yeah. which is what why I find it hard to believe that it would be made up, you know. And I mean, I got to say too, shout out to the student journalists at Northwestern who got this story and wrote this story. Uh, those, uh, those people are like 18, 19, 20 years old and they're like bringing down a legend, you know, that's impressive. Is that yeah. how it started? Was it was in the student newspaper? Yeah. Yeah. That's where the first story came out was in the student newspaper. Yeah. Wow. Those, those guys are going to do something with their life. Well, they're going to have a degree from Northwestern, so I'd hope so. <laughs> Nerds. Nerds. Well, that's – see, and that's exactly like – man, 
this to me, like the weird, some of that weird behavior and stuff like that, like it makes you think of the things that people you've heard of people having to do, like when they join a fraternity or something like that. And I was like, man, that's some like nerd fraternity shit. Like that's not a football team thing, you know, like this is weirdo, weirdo, weirdo behavior. I don't even understand the point of that. I mean, when we're, when we're in Iowa, like, yeah, we, we gave the freshmen a little bit of shit, but it wasn't like. It's like carry the carry the bath the bag of basketballs. Yeah, you know? like like put all the basketballs away after practice. Like yeah, clean clean up the gym after practice with the managers. It was stuff like that. It wasn't. There's no naked dry humping or. Uh, yeah, like what's the point? I don't understand the point of that. Like, how? What do you get out? I'll also put this on the captains of the football team. To be honest, too, I don't know. Maybe it's the captain of the football team that came out. I'm I'm not sure, but. It was their leadership council, so I'm sure, essentially, you know, that's yeah. the captains of the football team. Yeah. Like, they, other players see this stuff going on, and if you want to be a good team, now it's pretty apparent to me why they lost so many games in a row last year because, obviously, there was something going on. Like, you just don't lose that many games in a row and have something not going on on your team, especially with Northwestern where they have a they had a good football mind as their leader, and they had a pretty solid group of players. And they started the season good. So there's obviously something brewing within the team, and now we're seeing it. I don't understand the whole point of hazing like that to the, to that point. Like, what, what do you get out of that as a team? There's nothing to yeah. be accomplished. And what do you think that that does positively for anyone? You know, like no one is having a positive experience at that point. It just is becoming, again, it just becomes weird, you know. I don't know. Weird situation, dude. It'll be interesting to follow this over the next couple of weeks because I imagine Northwestern is under significant pressure now to release the full report that they compiled. Uh, I think the faculty at Northwestern came out and said that they need to release it. I mean, obviously, the, they've lost in the court of public opinion, uh, which is going to put a significant pre- amount of pressure on them to release the full report. But uh, and. Pat Fitzgerald was fired for cause, which leads you to believe that there's going to be some significant litigation that goes on as well uh, when it comes to him trying to to get a settlement and things like that. And this would be a huge settlement because Pat Fitzgerald was signed to a good size contract, was a young guy. This has tarnished his reputation, obviously. Like this is going to, there's a lot of money that hangs in the balance here for Northwestern. Like this is going to be a, this is going to be a pretty wild situation. Oh, for sure. Fitzgerald is going to sue. I have no doubt in my mind. With that. Yeah. Anytime you're fired, no matter the reason, usually, like our next story, we're going to be talking about the same thing. Like there, there's going to be a lawsuit of some sort. When you have that much money on hand, they're going to do everything possible to try to get some some of it back. All right. Well, you mentioned it there. We'll switch to our next story. Bob Huggins uh, came out over the weekend that Bob Huggins had sent a lawyer to, or a, a letter to uh, the West Virginia University. Uh, through his lawyer, claiming that he had never resigned as the head coach uh, for West Virginia basketball. Uh, He released another letter on Monday uh, that put a little more detail into this. We know that uh, we know that Coach Huggins has entered a a rehab facility uh, somewhere and is working on on getting help for, you know, obviously the issues that led to his uh, his situation in Pittsburgh, where he, he got a DUI and was arrested didn't know where he was, all those kinds of things. Um, And now since then, you know, West Virginia had put out a statement 
attributed to him claiming that he had uh, submitted a letter of resignation uh, to the president and the athletic director of the institution. Uh, he claims that the letter was sent, or I guess the letter was sent from his wife's email. Basically, he's claiming that that does not count as a letter of resignation and that he is still the head coach of West Virginia per their employment agreement. What this to me boils down to is him forcing them to fire him in order for him to get a buyout rather than just quitting, you know, is that kind of what you see this being as well? Yeah. I didn't know about that's, that's how he, I guess I didn't read the letter on Monday. I didn't realize he said that his wife sent the email. So that, if that's true, that kind of does change a lot in my perspective because I mean, he's technically right, right. He didn't really resign himself. So I don't know how legally that can be held by the university, but like the question like, is, does Bob Huggins use email himself? You know, if he doesn't use email himself, then does hit coming from his wife's email wouldn't have been that weird, you know? Like if if Bob Huggins doesn't have an email account or doesn't text or do any of those kinds of things, like how else would he have submitted a letter? You know? So it's like I could see both sides of it. And it, would it shock you at all if you found out that Bob Huggins didn't have an email account? Absolutely not. I know Coach McCaffrey. He never uses email, ever. He would talk about all the time how Jordan, I got these emails. Oh, they want my head. They, they want me fired and all this stuff, like random people. And he's like, ah, that's why I never use it, never respond. So I would imagine it's kind of the same situation at West Virginia, right? Like they just don't – like – High major head coaches, what are they using email for? They're going to use their phone. They're calling people. They're texting people, right? So I wouldn't be shocked at all that he doesn't have an email address himself, which makes this even more <laughs> as bad of a situation it is for how he should have been fired. This make it even worse situation for West Virginia now because they're like, well, shit, we might be on another 20 mil because we are idiots and don't know how to go about this process. <laughs> this is another situation. The universities just don't know what they're doing. Yeah. The, the problem is that like, this is all going to be a matter of like West Virginia is going to sit there and their argument is going to be, we let you resign. Yeah. You know, we could have fired you if we'd wanted to for cause. And I'm sure that by their employment agreement that had been amended after the situation that he got into on the radio, and, you know, was going to have to to do a bunch of stuff for that. Uh, I would imagine that there were provisions in there that would have allowed them to fire him for cause and have done so with really no questions asked, yeah. you know. So, like, that's where, like, I come back to. And, two, here's my thing about Bob Huggins. Bob Huggins has been making a million dollars a year for, like, 30 years, you know, and has been making $4 million plus for probably at least the last 10, you know, what do you need more money for? What do you need to ruin this? You know, Bob Huggins claims that he loves West Virginia. He claims that he loves the West Virginia basketball program. If you really love them, why are you doing this to that, to them? You know, just go away. They gave you your out, go away, take the out and just like, leave it, you know, move on. You've done enough in your life. You know, I think he, I would assume I don't know Bob Huggins, but I would assume how much of a legend he is in college basketball and how much of a legend and hero he was in West Virginia. 
on campus. He didn't he didn't want to go out that way, right? He he wanted he wanted his legacy legacy to stay intact no matter what the circumstances were with his um, two situations that occurred at West Virginia. He wanted to go out on his way, and I think he probably thought, you know, I I, I didn't feel like I went out of my way after everything I given to the university. I wanted to go a way that kept my legacy intact and want to be happy to step away, even though I made some really messed up decisions. But I mean, we know how it works, Jared. We talk about religiously here that there's, there's a lot of egos occurring in the college basketball landscape. And I think that has a huge part of it too. Well, let's be honest. Let's, this screams lawyers getting involved. Someone stepped up and was like, Hey coach, are you sure you're getting compensated for or fairly for what it all is that happened here? You know, like someone steps up and is just like, are we sure that this is exactly how this should go down? And all of a sudden you've got a lawsuit on your hands, yeah. you know, like that, that's what this screams to me. I mean, maybe Bob Huggins was the driving force behind it, but I find that hard to believe. Yeah. I think the other thing too is lawyers are just, Obviously, they're fucking geniuses, but I would love to just sit down and read just contracts for two straight days involved with college basketball alone and see how they drafted them word-wise and whatever circumstance comes their way, how that affects that. Because nowadays, it is so hard to properly fire a head coach. Mm -hmm. It really is without a lawsuit coming about, no matter the situation. And granted, it's a lot because the universities are allowing this to happen because they're so poorly. Why do they sign such one-sided contracts? That's what I never understand. It is crazy to me. I don't think there's another industry out there that does that. There can't be, Jared. I I can't think of one. I honestly can't think of one other than college athletics. I mean, maybe. No, there isn't one. I I can't think of one. Where it doesn't matter how poorly you, you fail, you're still getting paid at the end of the day. Yeah. You know. maybe like life insurance maybe like yeah, you maybe. die too early and they pay you all this money after not pay, like hardly paying like maybe but that's not even the same comparable yeah it's not the same thing was that yeah. a sneeze or a hiccup a hiccup oh that's not I, had like a a... Beers. I had a few beers last night it's 7 55 in the morning so. <laughs> i thought you were gonna say i had a couple of beers before the show <laughs> no not before the show but it's 7 55 in the morning and i'm still you know, we were supposed to start recording at seven and I woke up at six forty five and I was like, man, and you told me your computer was updating. I was like, thank God. I need yeah. a few minutes. Yeah. I need a few minutes too. I, I sat on my chair like this. Like I'm not gonna lie, maybe I dozed off for a little too long and my computer was done already before I woke up. <laughs> that might have happened. All of a sudden, all of a sudden it's eight thirty. Yeah. I'm like, oh I wake up and we're we're starting the show. <laughs> Like, how did I get here? Uh, yeah, I mean, this thing with Huggins, though, I I just think it'll end up – they'll settle something, and it'll just go away, basically. You know? I would imagine that, yeah, they're just going to try to settle this. They don't want – university doesn't want this to prolong. Obviously, the Huggins in West Virginia probably don't want this to prolong as much as possible as well. So, I would imagine this settles within the next couple of weeks. Can you imagine – a world where Bob Huggins comes back as the head coach at West Virginia. What wow. if what if that had happened, dude? Where it's like he just it's first day of practice and he just shows up. I'm here. It's, I'm back. 
He's wearing a Michael Jordan jersey. Right. Well, he whips it in like uh, Michael Scott in the office. He's like, it's Brittany, bitch. <laughs> the ministries of West Virginia are just saying they're like, we can't. We have no say. Yeah, we have no say. We're like fucking Bob Huggins. <laughs> Man. And they, they kept that team together for the most part. They had a couple guys leave, but for the most part, they kept that team together. I, I, I said it before, right when it happened, but, uh, John Beeline should have been the guy. There's a lot of talk brewing. I don't know if they listen to this podcast, but a lot of people were brewing on social media and wanting, wanting him to be there at West Virginia, and uh, they just didn't want to go that way. What did you think of, uh, of your boy Joe Toussaint ended up at Texas Tech? I think it was a great spot for him. Um, I figured he was going to go at any Big 12. Any Big 12 school Joe Toussaint would have went to would have been the perfect fit for him. Because I think Big 12 is very more, more his play style compared to the Big 10. And he, he's going to defend like hell. He's going to push the shit out of the ball. And he's going to get to the basket. Like those three things are just God-given talents for that man. I mean this in the most complimentary way possible. He was almost too fast for Big Ten basketball. I think oh, is the really? best way to put it. You know? yeah. yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Almost like Pac-12 would have been his fit too, like how yeah. fast they play as well. Big Ten is very lethargic sometimes, and it's just a bruiser of a league. Not saying the other leagues aren't, but Big Ten is just different from that aspect. But I think I think he found his, a really, really good spot for him. I think he's going to excel very, very well. I'm interested to see what Texas Tech is like this season. I saw that they were uh, right on the edge now. We, we've got the bracketologies. You know, the bracketology changes by the day because of the yeah. transfer portal. Uh, I saw Texas Tech now after the addition of Joe Toussaint. They're in, uh, in the tournament now. Can we tell Joe Lenardi to just take a fucking nap? You're not, you're not going to get the teams right, buddy. You're changing every two hours. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, okay? You got it? You got it, buddy? You're done. No more. I just imagine he he sees one commitment and he's like, oh, I got to change my one through 68 now. He's at dinner with his wife at this nice restaurant. He has to pull his laptop. All right. You got to change. Iowa State is now a seven instead of an eight seed. <laughs> I got him a seven, as a seven in the south region, uh, moving him up one spot on the seed line from the seven in the Midwest region. Now they're going to be a little closer to home, honey, because, you know, they got, they got this transfer. And Omaha, he made the USA team. So I, I think I think he's going to be very, very good for this team. So I'm going to move him into the Midwest region for the yeah. next seed. That's how it goes. Yeah, that's got to be how it is. Wife it, it just, just, what a waste of time. What a yeah. waste of time. His wife's just sitting there hammering wine. All right, Joe. Imagine, imagine what Joe Lenardi gets paid. To do that, 365 days a year. Too much. All right, I'll say that right now. Too much. He gets paid too much. ESPN's laying off people like Jeff Van Gundy and David Pollock while they've got Joe Lenardi's ass sitting there 24 or 24 hours a day tracking the NCAA tournament bracket. They literally sit. They don't blink. They're like this, right, to the computer. They're they're refreshing the computer every five seconds. New commitment change. Four seed every time. Oh, man. All right. Uh, last couple things. Uh, I did want to touch on the NBA Summer League with you uh, real quick. Have you watched Victor Wembanyama? Yeah, he's a bust. Don't, uh, don't, put, him, don't put him on an NBA team. He's done. He's, he's horrible. He's not going to be a good player. He's done. 
get the fuck out of here. Like, really? Yeah. That's what we're doing? It's the NBA Summer League. The guy just got paid a bag. Let him live his life for a little bit. And he's dealing with Britney Spears just got slapped by his security guard. There's a lot going on in the guy's head. I thought, I thought it came out. It came out that Britney slapped herself. Is that what happened? Yeah, I thought that. I thought that situation got resolved because they released the video of it. Oh, it looked like from the video that she got slapped by the security guard. Oh, I thought. She, okay, I thought that there was some some conversation that it was not near as big of a deal as what she made it out to be. Well, she made it that she she was running towards the security guards, and I don't think people thought that she was running that quickly towards. Yeah. While she while he's walking away. Yeah. Dude, his uh, he had a sequence. I think it was Sunday or Monday night in their game, where he took a guy off the dribble, knocked down a 16 foot jumper, um, came down the next possession, got tipped an offensive rebound to himself and dunked it, and then uh, ran the floor and dunked over the top of a guy. And I was like, "Oh shit!" So this is what this guy's like, you know? Like one minute he goes from being uh, playing like a guard. To the next minute, he's sprinting the floor and running the floor like a true big man and dominating in the paint. You yeah. know, once he gets his gets strength on that frame, and once he gets his legs underneath him, that guy is going to be an absolute fucking monster, dude. He already is. I mean, he. I think playing overseas like he did this last year was the best thing for him because, I mean, granted, he could have he could have done maybe better players. I don't know. I can't. I can't think of the league he was in overseas right now. But G League, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But if he was in the G League this past year, maybe he would maybe had to stay for a couple more years just to get adjusted to it. But I think he probably it was smart for him to 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 just get away for a little bit and understand his game, learn the European or continue to be part of the European leagues. And I don't know. I I think he's going to be a very very great player. I mean, the guy you stand out of the basket, he's dunking the ball. He doesn't have to jump. I mean, that's says. Imagine if he played college basketball. He would – I don't know. I My thing – I don't know where he would have gone. Where would he have fit? Duke? Like, maybe? Yeah. I don't see him playing a Duke. That screams Gonzaga. I'm just going to be yeah, honest. It does scream uh, – I was kind of thinking that too. I don't know if it's because of Chet or what, but it just screams Gonzaga. That just is the kind of situation that that would have been. Or yeah. Kentucky. He could have been a Kentucky guy. I'm hoping he does well, though. I'm, I'm anytime a young player has that high expectation, that that's very, very hard to exceed. I always cheer for them because that's a lot of pressure to have. One of my friends is is convinced that he's going to be a bust, but I'll say he's been convinced for like a long time that he's going to be a bust, and it it's more about the strength thing and like he just doesn't see how his frame projects and like all this kind of stuff. Like obviously, it just is a difference of opinion. But I, I thought it was pretty stupid, the number of people that came out after that first summer league game, and they're like, oh, this guy stinks. You know, I was like, it's a professional exhibition, bro. Come on, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Marty, Marty Mush with Barstool tweeted – he tweeted the video out, and he's like, this guy sucks. He's going to be awful. I'm like, you you literally – you know nothing. He's you know five playing point guard. Yeah. You, you know nothing. All right? You sit there and you shut up. Yeah, that was my thought process for a lot of these people that just don't know the game of basketball. Yeah, Greg Popovich is going to have a lot of fun with that one. I think he's got to be on the way out soon. Greg, Greg he just signed uh, a new five year contract this he week. Did what? Yeah, yeah. Oh my, he's never going to leave. 
He's going to die in that Spurs head coaching chair. Going into the Hall of Fame here in a couple weeks. I mean, he's well-deserving. I just figured he would – I mean, I guess he's a very intense basketball mind, so he's not going to want to leave until it's on his terms. Right, right. Yeah, and now, I mean, when you've got someone like that, why would you want to walk away? You know? Yeah. yeah. Is Doug McDermott coming back to the Spurs? As far as I know, yeah. Um, I heard him talking about him on the broadcast the other night. What a great place to be, San Antonio. That has to be one of the – I mean, when they made their championship run with like Tony Parker and Manuel, like that, though, that place just had to be insane. I saw a TikTok the other day that was about, uh, it was about Ames High with Harrison yeah. Barnes and Doug McDermott. And it was like all, it had like millions and millions and millions of views. Really? And it was all these people being like, oh my God, I didn't know that they played together. And I sit there and I'm like, did y'all miss the entire 2010s? Yeah. Like, where have you guys been? This is every time that those two guys played, this was the conversation. It's probably still the conversation when those guys play in the professionals, you know. It's still a conversation with my two brothers. They played against Ames that 2010 year in championship game. And anyone that went to the game, that was the most insane I, anyone has ever seen Wells Fargo, Fargo Arena, no matter what basketball game you went to. That was packed. Not Harrison open. Barnes is one of is. I mean, he probably is the most incredible high school basketball player I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I remember him getting a fast break dunk at the end of that game, and it was like the nail in the coffin, and he just dunked the shit out of the ball, and the ball almost hit the ceiling. Like, he just threw it down. It was insane. Yeah. He was he played at such a different pace from everybody else that you would like you couldn't take your eyes off of him, you know. But then I remember that second year, Doug McDermott had a really good state championship game, and it was like, oh, who is this guy? You yeah. know, like it's crazy to think back to that and be like, people didn't think like, think about Doug McDermott like that. His dad didn't even think he was good enough to play power five. You know, I think Doug might have even more points than Harrison that championship game. Maybe I think he did. I yeah. 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 That was insane team. And they had a, who was a guard that went to Iowa State on their team? Boo Boo. Boo Boo Paulo. Yeah, yep. 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 What are the yep. odds of three, three, High major players, basically, and three professionals being on one Iowa high school team at the same time. I saw something. There's been like 20-something people from the state of Iowa that have ever played a game in the NBA, and two of them were on the same team at the same time. It's wild. There was three on – yeah, Marcus Page was on that floor too with Lamar. Two of my brothers, they went Division One, so that's that's six Division One players. Nate Hutchison, he was a Division One player, Lamar, seven. Um, who else was there? There's there's a couple more on Lamar that was Division One. I'm sure there's a couple more on AMS too. There had to be at least ten guys in that game that were Division One athletes. Division there needs to be an oral history of that one. Absurd. That will never happen again. Those no. those types of two teams playing and that many Division One and pro players being on the same court no. in Iowa ever. Yeah, for sure. All right, last story, and then we'll sign off. Uh, this comes from the Associated Press. An Iowa man uh, with an incredible athletic feat this weekend or last weekend over the 4th of July headline, Iowa man wins 4th of July key lime pie eating championships in Florida Keys. Uh, Joshua Mogul, a 38-year-old Altoona tire manufacturing manager, is the new key lime pie eating champion. 
Uh, Mogul plunged face first into a nine inch pie smothered with whipped cream during the challenge, whose rules forbid contestants to use their hands. Uh, he consumed the confection in three minutes and 35 seconds. An entire pie in three minutes, in three and a half minutes. <sighs> My tummy. I, I like key lime pie, but to race eat it? I don't know, Jared. That might be that might, that might be no no for the tummy. We have uh we have quotes. It says, quote, eat, eat, eat. Always have pie in my mouth, said Mogul when asked about the strategy that he employed. Oh my Always God. have pie in my mouth. How big is this guy? Uh I don't know. That- he's not a very big guy. Like he's an average size guy. You know. I'm just saying, if that's if that's your philosophy in life, man, like you have to be pretty large, right? Well, I mean, Joey Chestnut eats seventy dogs that's every true. every yeah. July Fourth. He's not a big guy. That's you true. Know. Yeah, we should talk about that too. Like that guy, that guy just fucking brought the whole contestants out. He's like, "We're fucking doing this. We're doing it right now, and I'm gonna beat you right in your fucking face. I have to. I might have to choke someone out again this year." I just imagine being one of the other contest, uh, contestants that's back there. And Joey Chestnut is like, come on, guys, we're fucking doing this. And we're like, and they're all like, fuck you, bro. We all know you're going to fucking win. Okay. Like, we get it. You want to defend your fucking title. We understand. What happened to Kobayashi? That was the biggest rivalry in sports. Didn't they do a 30 for 30 on that? I'm pretty sure Kobayashi, like, went crazy. Oh, really? Yeah. From not winning enough, or well, yeah, because Joey Chestnut, Joey Chestnut came up and 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 beat him. Remember when that first happened? Like Joey Chestnut came out of nowhere. Yeah. It was like Kobayashi had been the dog for the longest time. Or Joey Kobayashi Chestnut is the epitome of an American. He's an American hero. I was Kobayashi. laughing. Like I don't know if people saw of the video of him walking out. It is so funny. Like he's like he's about to devour sixty-two hot dogs, and he is walking out like he's about to be a part of the most insane boxing match in the whole the whole world's ever seen. Wow! So he's been banned from complete from competing in the in the contest. Steroids? Well, I don't think no. I don't think there's steroids involved. <laughs> well, I, I think he's been yeah. From what I'm seeing here on Wikipedia, it looks like he's been banned from competing in the hot dog eating contest. Why? I don't. Uh, it says from the contest or from his country. From the contest. Um. Because of a contract dispute. Oh. That is not what I expected. No. So that's why he doesn't compete anymore. They had some sort of dispute, and now he's on the outs. That is – have to watch the 30 for 30. Yeah. That was – yeah, I don't know. I, I, just, I, I just love Joey Chestnut. I want to meet him. He's one of the celebrities I want to meet. Is he a celebrity? Do we call him a celebrity? Oh, without a doubt. You know, you know Joey Chestnut's taking pictures with people when he goes out. What do you think he eats on a daily – basis oh i don't know i mean an obscene number of calories actually i bet it's not as much as you would think 
I don't even know how I would prepare. I, I'm curious. I I just want to watch him like two days before he eats all his hot dogs. The thing that always confuses me is when people dump the dogs like in fruit. Yes. Punch, you yeah. know, like that shit's nasty. Yeah. Like I understand you want it to go down smoother, but why why fruit punch? Why not just water? The other thing is, I don't think this is talked about enough for the hot dog eating contest, Jared. That what if the hot dogs aren't the exact the wieners aren't the exact size or the buns aren't the exact size maybe a wiener is a little bigger and a hot dog bun's a little more fluffy and a little more flour in it you know what i'm saying that's not really fair i would like to think the folks at nathan's have this thing down to a science do they though i, well, think I mean we they're need... having to make hundreds like thousands of hot dogs a year just for this contest you know what if it's just some wacko in like a like a taco shop stand just whipping up the hot dogs and he's just giving them out that's how they do it. Just one after another. Yeah. Here's a wiener. Here's a wiener. Here's a wiener. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I'll talk to you again next week. <laughs> I feel like I was asleep that whole podcast. I don't know why. You're going to wake up and be like, oh, it was all a dream. <laughs> oh, my God. Did I, did I do a podcast this morning with Jared? People are listening. This was, we did say it. We started at seven in the morning. <laughs> how do people, how do people do radio shows at this time every single morning? And all we did was hit heavy topics too. Like there was oh. nothing light about it. My brain was trying to work so hard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in maximum overdrive right now. You're in sport mode. I'm the in sport, brain mode. In sport mode. <laughs> I need to be, go back to dynamic mode. Right. Oh. All right, man. I'll talk to you next week. Peace, everybody. Iowa everywhere.